0: What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. Today, we are joined by the host of the Rambling with Rio podcast, Rio Robinson. Welcome to the show.
1: What's going on, Commander Mason? How you doing, man?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. We have a Commanders football game this weekend. Yes. For The first time you could say ever the Commanders are playing football in an actual game. I'm super pumped for it. Uh, I know there's a lot of different storylines coming into this season and mm-hmm. for this game. A lot of young guys. Uh, I know you've been looking at Sam Howe, Jamin Davis, of course, after last mm-hmm. season. Uh, he's uh, having to maybe step up his game a little bit for this upcoming year. But first, before we get into this game and what uh, our expectations for the players, we got to talk a little bit about this last off season because there was it was a crazy offseason, just to say the least. From mm-hmm. veteran quarterbacks moving uh, pretty much across the country to uh, teams, some teams doing absolutely nothing. We, I, I would say we were kind of in the middle. We oh, got yeah. yeah, we got we got a new veteran quarterback, but besides that, we didn't really sign any you could say big time free agent.
1: We went bargain shopping.
0: <laughs> yeah, we went bargain shopping. Like our probably we only got I would say one starter, and that was uh, uh, Andrew Norwell. The
1: uh, Trey guard. Turner should start as well, but yeah. I mean, you know, we didn't, we didn't go out. The big splash was the quarterback, and they made a big, heavy emphasis. Every time you saw Ron Rivera or Martin Mayhew from January through the trade happening, they were telling you, we want a quarterback, we need a quarterback. The report came out, we called every team in the league gauging their quarterback situation. So the big plan and the big splash was always going to be signal caller. After that, let things come to him, sign players they're comfortable with. That just seems like the mantra and the way Ron and company get down since they've came to Washington.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say that the main focus was definitely at the quarterback position Mm -hmm. because you knew, especially with the rebrand and stuff, even Daniel Snyder to make his money and stuff, he he was going to need a big time quarterback coming in, a big time name. Even if it might not have been Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz is still a pretty big name in the football industry right now. And I think uh, – Very polarizing.
1: <laughs> yeah, a bit,
0: yeah, a lot talked about right now uh, <laughs> for multiple reasons. But um, it's going to be something fun to watch. I know we didn't make a big time splash in terms of a free agent, but if you could sign any free agent that was available this offseason and just have them automatically be on to the commanders, who would you choose? I would
1: have probably chose a linebacker. Oh, well, I, what's his name? The sign with the Jaguar. A four-year Yeah, I think he would think. have been a perfect signing for us. Mm-hmm. But, like, we didn't upgrade it. Apparently, we believe in the young linebackers that we have because we didn't aggressively pursue it in the draft or free agency. Mm-hmm. And I would have been a, it would have been a linebacker of some sorts, you know? There are splashy yeah. names we could have went after. I didn't see us doing it, throwing money at a receiver or a corner two years in a row. But... Mm-hmm. My my main thing was I really thought like there was for a second I really thought we were going to acquire Russell Wilson. Like I was convinced. I had myself convinced Russell Wilson was coming home. He's a Richmond native. (laughs) I was convinced. But I'm cool with Carson. And I would have went the linebacker route Foyer your would have been my Mm -hmm. answer to this specific question.
0: Yeah, I'd say definitely him. But if they wanted to go like bargain shopping, I know a big name that came up, especially since he didn't sign, I believe, in the first week or so when free agency opened. Kaiser White, the Mm. linebacker from the Chargers. Chargers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was a big name uh, that we could have signed. I know he went to the division rival who I felt like got a ton of free agents and just got everyone this last offseason. They
1: bought everyone.
0: They bought, yeah, the Eagles, they went.
1: Dream Uh, team. (laughs)
0: They broke the bank bank for sure. Um, I would probably choose, I know this might be a little bit controversial, but I would have chose Jameis Winston. I I mean, it's a little bit controversial because we didn't, this would require, of course, not training for Carson Wentz. Um,
1: I don't think we would have had a chance to, though, because I don't think New Orleans was gonna let him out of there. Like they let him test his market, but they wouldn't, they weren't gonna let him out of there. They were sitting at what six and two under Jameis last year. He was sitting at a 14 to 3 touchdown to interception ratio. I'm not sure we would have got a crack at Jameis.
0: Yeah, it 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 might have been a little bit tricky, but mm-hmm. I I wouldn't wanted to see a bigger push for Winston, I felt like because he, as a, I feel he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Indeed. That's, not, that's not you could say top 10, mm-hmm. but he's still – I think he is a viable starter, and he was the number one overall pick in his draft for a, a pretty big reason. Even so. that year,
1: he threw 30 interceptions. Mm-hmm. People like to forget he had 30-plus touchdowns and yeah. 5,000 yards that year. We have not in our lifetime, me and you, we've never watched a quarterback throw for five thousand. We've never watched a quarterback throw for thirty touchdowns. The last time it happened was nineteen sixty seven, (laughs) Sonny Jurgensen. So to scoff at those numbers, it's very, it's very interesting when fans do that.
0: Yeah, it was. uh, I think a lot of people looked at the negative for Winston, but they didn't really look at the positive and the. The arm talent that he had, I know. Uh, I last season, yeah, last season he burned us in that game. Uh, that that the hail mary. mary, the hail mary right before the end of the half. Uh, that that broke my heart a little bit, but you had to take a walk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, I would love to see him uh, in in burgundy and gold. So I love that guy. Yeah, that would have been my pick. All right, now now that we got the off season done, I want to talk a little bit about the upcoming game on Saturday against the Carolina Panthers. When I first look at this game, the first thing I think of is Ron Rivera and his um, history with the Carolina Panthers, of course, in his third season that it's been a lot talked about in his third season with Carolina, he took them to the playoffs. Can he do the same with the commanders? That's been a big question uh, for this upcoming season. And I w- how do you feel about us signing just a bunch of kind of depth pieces that were former Panthers this last offseason. It
1: doesn't bother me as much as it bothers other people because when you look league wide, that's a trend. That's how the league operates. And like when people get a job somewhere, they hire people they know. They hire people they trust. They hire people they have history with. It's a common thing. Sure, at times it can seem like, okay, every person that we bring in in the front office or on the roster somehow has a connection to Charlotte, North Carolina, but as long as they're the right guys and they match well, what we have here, like I believe Trey Turner and Andrew Norwell do, like I'm, I'm cool with it. Maybe some of the staff hirings were not correct, you know, as we've seen Mills got canned this week, but yep. it doesn't bother me as much, but I, the Washington Commanders thing, it's a very funny thing to talk about.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I completely agree with you. It's a... It is something interesting that has happened. I would say I feel more for us than for other teams, but we are seeing the connections when the Raiders trade for Devonte Adams, player-wise. When the Raiders trade for Devonte Adams, they brought they connected the college guys of Derek Carr and Adams, and we're seeing it across the league where coaches are hiring their former assistants, bringing them to different teams. And uh, well, for the Broncos, there's a lot of big rumors when when Nathaniel Hackett went to Denver. There was a big thing about them uh, trading for Aaron Rodgers. So the, the it's really happening around the league. And I think some people are definitely over-exaggerating uh, us signing just a bunch of former Panthers.
1: Okay, yeah, man, I'm cool with it, man. I'm just mad that we dropped the ball on getting joint practices with the Panthers this week because that would have been an awesome thing. I don't know if you've ever been out to any of the joint practices we've ever had, but watching Tom Brady and the Patriots up close back in 2014, that was one of my coolest but also most obnoxious experiences ever. It showed you how far we were away from being – a sure thing when you watch how professional and how easy Brady made it look compared to RG3. But, yeah, man, I wish we would have done joint practices with the Panthers.
0: Yeah, this is my first year actually going to training camps. And okay. so I, I've had a lot of fun. I, I mean, I've seen you. I've seen other guys like Pedro, too, also mm-hmm. there. Uh, it's been a lot of fun watching the players and really seeing how they've progressed over the last few weeks there. Yeah. So I I've always wanted to see joint practice. I know the Dolphins, speaking of the uh, Tom Brady, I guess the Dolphins and the Buccaneers, they're having a joint practice right now uh, in Miami, I believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's, there's been a, a lot around the league. I feel majority of the teams like to do joint practices. And I do think it was kind of weird that we didn't want to do a joint practice this year because I was actually looking forward to one seeing how we compared, like you said, to other teams around the NFL. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's time, though, man. Preseason football in full swing. Yeah, it is time. And speaking of this game, I kind of want to do this like draft thing. Uh are going to alternate. I'm going to start with you choosing three players each of who we are most excited to see and our expectations for that player for this upcoming game uh, on Saturday.
1: I-, I mean, I can start. It's more than one person. I'm going to just lump this group together. Okay. The quarterbacks. I want to see the first and the third string quarterback. I want to watch okay. Carson Wentz. Go out there, get some live game reps, but I am so excited to see the Sam Howell show. The preseason is pretty much his oyster. Like it's his time to show what he has. And he gets a good temperature check because he gets to play against Matt Corral. Matt Corral Mm -hmm. went 50 picks before him in the third round when they were like projected to be. Both first, second round, day one, day two picks. So Mm -hmm. let's see how the progression looks against another guy in the same position as him with a starter looking to save his career ahead of them. How are they going to take advantage of what the preseason looks like? So Matt, Sam Howell slash Witts is my first answer.
0: All right, yeah. I'm actually known as the Howell hater. I was very low on Sam Howell coming into this draft. Uh, I wasn't that. Found of the pick of choosing him in the fifth round. I do like the value of uh, getting him in the later rounds because I don't think any of these quarterbacks deserves to be taken in the first round, and that might be a hot take to some people, but I just don't think any of these quarterbacks would... The one that might work out is Malik Willis, and we saw it on Thursday night, uh, what he did against the Ravens in his preseason game, but I mean, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, I'm, I don't think they can be viable starters in the NFL, and how... Yeah, he uh, his arm he showed uh, definitely some great deep ball accuracy. I'm also excited to see him. But my pick for uh, at least my first pick is going to be Brian Robinson. Um, there's been a lot of talk about him being that first string guy and taking a lot of first string reps mm-hmm. uh, in practices. And with Antonio Gibson having his fumbling issue last season, uh, fumbling six times, it's going to be interesting to see uh, when we get when we get into the red zone up to that goal line. Who's gonna be our guy? It used to be Antonio Gibson. Will it now be Brian Robinson? Because that pick in the third round was a little bit questionable for some people.
1: I, I loved it. I, I knew I, I was one of the people beating the drum all offseason that we need to take a back in the first three rounds. We need to take yeah. a back in the first three rounds. We need to take a back in the first three brown. I love Antonio Gibson, but he needs to be spelled. I don't think he's I don't think he's built for full time featured back 20 plus carries a game. I don't think that's his I don't think that's his game. Yeah. We need somebody to come in and handle a short yardage situation. But Brian Robinson, he can catch and he has some wiggle to him and can make moves in the open field. So don't, don't start putting the ball on the ground, A.G. Don't do it, yeah. man.
0: Yeah, I I think that, uh, Brian Robinson, I was a little bit questionable on the, on the pick coming in. Pretty much the entire draft class, I was a little bit questionable on. But as training camp has progressed and stuff, I'm completely fine with Brian Robinson being the starter week one. And being our featured back with J.D. McKissick being that third down back and Gibson maybe splitting carries, it seems like it. But if you took Gibson out of the picture, I would be completely fine with Robinson being that featured back.
1: Gibson gonna start though, like as long as yeah. as long as like no injury or nothing happens, Gibson's gonna start. But I mm-hmm. think we're gonna see a lot more Robinson than people anticipated when we took him in
0: the third round. Yeah, I would do with that. All right, who do you have here for your second second pick?
1: Second, Jamin Davis. I need to see. I need to see improvement. I need to see what he looks like in year two. He carries himself with the bravado of a really good linebacker. Like, he has a very superstar energy to him. I need to see that. I need to see it this year. I need to see if the eyes are better, if the hips are better, and if he's playing without thinking. He's playing free, just going off instincts this year. Jamin Davis, you could say the whole linebacker group, but I have a, I have a big circle around Jamin.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Jamin Davis is someone... I know you. Uh, you talked to me earlier about this at uh, training camp. You, I want to. You said you wanted to see him play at least one, at least a half, and I agree with that. I would even say maybe even a little bit more. I've come to realize uh, I kind of forget how long a football game is, and then the, <clears throat> when the preseason comes, you fi- really find out how long how much time you have to evaluate players in a game. And I'd love to see Jamin Davis play at least a half, maybe even three quarters, because I want to see a lot more of him here in this preseason because. If we're not going to sign, I know we signed veteran linebackers like Nate Gary and um, the other guy from the yeah. USFL. Yeah. I forgot, but <laughs> but uh, if we're not going to sign the veteran linebackers that we're thinking of, then we. Jamie Davis has to improve and he has to become a solid starter. We come we come week one. I'll definitely say. All right, my pick here. Uh, I'm going to go with the first round pick, Jahan Dotson. Mm. We've seen the hands that he has had. Throughout the camp, he has come as advertised, I would say. And I would like to see probably about a quarter of him. I know people might want to see more, but I think he truly is something special.
1: He's a starter. I don't need to see him for more than whenever Wentz comes out the game. And Terry, take him out, too. Get him out.
0: Yeah, I don't want to have him injured or anything like that. Same with Curtis Samuel. Samuel has looked pretty good, especially last week, I would say, when he had actually practiced. He looked pretty good. He had some nice catches. Um, mm-hmm. I think Scott Abraham uh, had some videos on it. But, yeah, I mean, when they come out, I want Dawson to come out too because he's, I know with the other round pick, like Jamin Davis, we will have him to play longer. But in this case with Dawson, please take, take him out after, like, two drives, three drives. That's it for me.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree, man. He looks every bit as advertised. On draft night, I was upset with the pick because yep. – I was fixated on getting one of the Ohio State receivers of Jamison Williams, but he, I've, I've ate my crow and he is an adamant professional. He looks and sounds like a carbon copy of Terry McLaurin coming out, but with better hands. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see that boy get out there and get after
0: it, man. Yeah, I'm excited too. And I agree with you. Coming into the draft, I was hoping, hoping so much that Kyle Hamilton fell to us at 11 because. I would like a really solid guy in that secondary, and uh, at the time, I would I just didn't really feel that confident in the safety group as I do now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I and I thought Kyle Hamilton as well was also a generational guy, and I believe that he was the best player in that draft class. But and he after already we,
1: making plays, he forced the fumble last
0: night. Yeah, you, uh, well, he got fumble recovery, I think. But, yeah,
1: fumble recovery, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. But. Um, He's also had some moments, especially in coverage, that have been a little bit questionable. In, and it's, in camp. it's
1: early in it's practice. Mm-hmm. You know, those people blow up pra- training camp clips. Like Travon Diggs is getting burnt in practice. Mm-hmm. Travon Diggs is still going to go out and catch picks this year. You know, mm-hmm. he's not a lockdown corner anyway. But yeah. people take too much of these practice. Cl- Wentz throws three straight incompletions. Oh my god, he's the worst quarterback ever. Like, yeah. relax, guys. It's just
0: practice. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, especially with the Wentz stuff. There's a lot of the national reporters that i feel come to commander's camp for a day or, or two in the week they don't really stay uh that long and then they see one bad day from wentz and they think that's just how it is the other days too but mm-hmm. especially uh last saturday night at the fedex field event it went started off struggling a little bit but he came back especially in the seven on sevens and eleven it looked like he was so good yeah, like right that. No, he yeah. closed
1: out each session phenomenally. Hit the yeah. money balls in each one.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly, and the accuracy that he has uh, shown. Like I know there's been some bad moments, but the good has been really good, and uh, one of the best that we've seen probably since I don't I don't even know in, in a long time. I would yeah, say, for uh, sure. A, like as since as Kirk, as
1: well. this is the best quarterback we have since Kirk, and he has higher upside. Kirk's more consistent yeah. than Carson, obviously, because mm-hmm. Kirk produces on the same clip every year. But Carson's highs are higher than Kirk. It's just yeah. his lows are lower. That's the mm-hmm. thing. It's a full experience roller coaster ride. But I trust and believe in eleven Carson Wentz, and I think he's gonna ball out. He's gonna put up numbers that we haven't seen here possibly yeah. ever.
0: So yeah. I'm excited to see us get going. All right. Yeah, I think I think we're all on your pick. I think, did you already go? For, for mile my mile? last guy? Yeah, last uh, guy. For
1: my last guy, I'll say the safety group has looked really good in camp so far. Bobby McCain's having a great camp. He's oh, having a yeah. really good camp. All right, my other answer would be Cole Turner, but we're not going to see Cole Turner because he's yeah. nursing a hamstring right now. He's been my favorite player to watch at camp so far. So I guess with my third pick, I'm watching Derek Forrest. I want to know what Derek Forrest is in the safety room. Him and Percy Butler, they're kind of interchanging and switching in and out, seeing who's going to play the Buffalo nickel slash free safety role here next to Bobby McCain and Cam Curl. Mm -hmm. And Derek Forrest was a guy who I took to be like new DeShazer Everett, meaning emergency safety, primary special teams guy. Is he going to be an actual asset and part of the defense or is he just going to be that special teams guy? I'm watching... Derek Forrest, Defoe, very closely tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, too, The safeties have done really great. Um, I believe on practice Thursday, I want to say, or no, it was on Wednesday, uh, Bobby McCain came up with a diving interception. I know they were on the backfield that day. I was there, but I didn't see it, but it was an incredible interception. Uh, I think the commanders posted it on their Twitter. Right? Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was a uh, an incredible pick. My last pick, I'm gonna go with a similar guy in terms of a uh, backup, but James Smith Williams, and I'm actually gonna add Casey Twohill in here as well because we have know, yeah, going. we we know Chase Young is not gonna be ready week one, and my prediction from him, he's not gonna be ready until like week four, week five, I would say. Uh, so guys like James Williams, guys like Casey Twohill, they're gonna to have to step up into that starter role, and basically we know that they're not gonna go, they're not gonna play at the Chase level. I'd be surprised if they do. But I want to be—I want to see like a solid starter, maybe a little bit below that because we know they are backup. But I'd like to see a solid player at that position that can uh, really do some damage or just be enough to hold until Chase gets back.
1: Hell yeah, man! I'm excited to see that group, man. Two Hills been getting after it and camp. That guy has a much higher motor than I originally thought he did. He's—he's he's having a good—he's having a great camp and. Like him and F.A. Abada, they're gonna have to hold, and James Smith Williams, they're gonna have to hold it down until Chase is ready. Because based on what I've seen, Chase is gonna miss a little, a little bit of time. Yeah, I think he is gonna
0: miss a little bit more. Okay, last thing here. I know this is a a Commanders podcast, but I want to talk a little bit about this since uh, it is a interesting week for the Washington Nationals in terms of um, who they're playing and who's coming back to Washington. Of course, a week and a half, two weeks ago, I believe was the MLB trade deadline of course juan soto got traded um we were at we were at commanders training camp when it happened uh that was <laughs> that was a moment but um yeah <laughs> yeah but he traded and now he's coming back the padres have play the nationals i believe it's three games friday night saturday night sunday night uh at nationals park what are your what are your thoughts on juan soto coming back
1: I hope he crushes four bombs this weekend in that part. (laughs) I hope he comes home and says, y'all didn't want to, y'all didn't want this. Y'all didn't want to do whatever it took for this, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's demoralizing. The Nationals, the learners, man, they just don't believe in, they don't care or believe in superstars in DC. We won a World Series and they say, you know what? Our job here is done. We don't, we don't need this anymore. Send us a bunch of questionable prospects and picks and, we don't need superstars here, man. I hope Juan Soto comes and blasts a few homers this
0: weekend. Yeah. I
1: don't even, I don't even want to watch the Nationals right now. I might watch them this weekend just because Soto is coming to town.
0: Yeah, I, I it's it's a pain to uh, to be a Nationals fan right now. Um, mm-hmm. and him coming back just a week after the deadline is even more of a pain too because mm-hmm. it's uh it's gonna be interesting. Juan Soto, of course, um, wanting more money. We offered him. What four hundred and fifty million over the yep. course of fifteen years? He denied it. Then he got traded to the San Diego Padres. I have a Padres finger right there. I'm not a Padres fan. Just want to point that out. But I just collect fingers, and so I have a Padres one right there when I went to San. Hey,
1: go ahead get you a Soto jersey, so, man. Yeah. Go ahead get you a Padres. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually,
0: I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I might be on the Padres bandwagon this uh fall yeah, man, because yeah. I wish, I, the, I hope I just, the best for that guy. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, same. I'm I'm hoping that he becomes a, a, basically a superstar for like the next ten years. And yep,
1: uh, wish the best for him.
0: Yeah, all right, that's gonna wrap things up. Um, tell the people where can they find you about oh, social media.
1: Absolutely, as you can see here on my picture at Rio underscore Robinson ninety one. At Rio Robinson, rambling with Rio on YouTube, man. Always bringing out Commander's content, vlogs, live streams, great collaborations and guests, and unfiltered Washington football talk. Anytime, always stirring the pot, man. Y'all know where to find me.
0: All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Rio. Appreciate Uh, you. I know you got something soon, but thank you for coming on again. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: You too, man. Hope to see you at the game tomorrow. Keep pushing out the content. Stay consistent with it, my boy. All
0: right. Thank you. That's going to do it for today's episode. See you guys in the next one. Peace.